You're listening to Eye on the Ball with Steve Rivera. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Eye on the Ball. I'm Steve Rivera, and you're listening to 1030 The Voice. It's a big day for Eye on the Ball. I have a co-host. His name is Jay Gonzalez, a longtime uh, sports guy. I call him the sports guy. He's been in Tucson all his life. I covered a lot of big events uh, through the years. Jay, welcome. I'm happy to be here, Steve. I'm excited. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. I think we're going to have a lot of cool things to talk about, so I'm, I'm excited to be here. And nobody wants to listen to me for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I'll listen to you for an hour, Steve. I have for a while, so we're good. That's good. That's good. Jay, uh, most recently, was the president of the Sugar Skulls. We'll kind of get a little into that, but he's been, I probably you've probably seen more UA men's basketball games than, than most people. Uh, we'll explain that. Football as well in the last 30, 40 years. Uh, and we'll talk about that too. But you've seen a lot of things happen in 40 years. I've been here for a Well, I'm a native, so I, I was born here. I mean, I can remember going to uh, football games at the U of A when my brothers were in band at Sunnyside High School. And so I would have been little. And so uh, I've been going to U of A Stadium since uh, forever. Not whole gang as usual? Uh, I sat in the knot hole gang in, in junior high and high school. Uh, I often snuck out of there with my friends because they were pretty strict about keeping us in there. But uh, we would sneak out and go sit in other places at, at Arizona Stadium. We used to ride the bus, uh, the Broadway bus from the east side to to uh, to go to the games. Um, I was here. Uh, I started going to U of A basketball games when Fred Snowden got here. So I didn't. I don't remember. I didn't recall going to any games at Bear Down. But the year that uh, that McHale opened up, so I used to start going to the games there. And so I mean, I've been I've been through it all. I've seen a lot of it, and uh, I've I've had a great time. I love I've loved you. I love U of A sports, and I just love sports in Tucson. So. No, that's good to know. Obviously, I've known that for, about you for a while. In fact, uh, I was surprised. Uh, Javier Morales of AllSportsTucson.com did a nice profile on you to announce this and your situation with the Shooter Skulls. And I'm thinking, J60? I said, you have pretty good genes. I thought you were like 58. I, I shouldn't have told anybody. My <laughs> wife said, why did you tell them you were 60? I'm like, okay, I, I did. But uh, really, when, when I when I tell people I've been around for 40 years, that's 40 years in the in the business. And I started, uh, I started at the Arizona Daily Star when I was still in college. I got a job working, uh, covering high school sports. Uh, went over to the Star... Uh, full-time uh, when I graduated from the U of A which, uh, with a journalism degree. And I've pretty much been in the media ever since. So 40 years is it's actually really 41. Uh, 41. In fact, you, your, uh, your offspring are in the business as well. So they must have been impressed by what you were doing or are crazy. Well, my, my son Adam, who's, uh, who's now working in the uh, media relations office in the athletic department, you know, he, he was going to games when he could still sit on my wife's lap. Uh, I, I think as a lot of people know, I've been a statistician for U of A basketball. I just finished my 30th year. Uh, so, and we've always, uh, you know, we always started, we started taking them to games way back then. Uh, we They pay us with season tickets. So my wife would go to the game, she'd take my son and he'd sit on her lap with a bucket of popcorn and then they'd come down to the floor where I was at finishing up the day and he'd run around on, on the court. And there's a few, a few of the boys in, uh, in uh, the sports information office that do that. Danny Martinez was the same thing. His dad worked in the athletic department. He used to come down, and he's he's got this basically the same job as my son Adam. So you, do you, 30 years ago, so 1990 or 91? 
when did you? It was the '91 season. Mm-hmm. So it was the it was the '90 '91 season. So I started in 1990. Yeah, it's been 30 seasons. So I, I it's when I kind of started covering the team on the day to day. So in that time, how many games have you actually missed? Uh, less than 10. Oh, so you've not many. I th- wouldn't think that you... I've, I've had to miss a few. I remember uh, I, I I missed one. Uh, I didn't miss any this last season. The season before I missed one because a good friend of mine uh, who I'll give a shout-out to, Larry Lucero, was named the uh, uh, Greater Tucson Leadership Man of the Year, and I had to go to his dinner because he went to mine when I won that award in 98. So uh, I missed one game uh, in, in the season before this. And then, you know, I missed games because of an illness or I might have had to be somewhere or my job or something like that. But it's less than 10. Yeah. And then in the last uh, in the last three years, I've taken on women's basketball, uh, being that, again, my son, Adam, who's the um, sports information person for women's basketball. He asked me to do that for them and I do it as well. Yeah, I've missed four in that time, home games, at least uh, in that time. And uh, I thought maybe you were about that same area. The guy that. In, in the book that I wrote, the guy they hadn't missed before Khalil, because Khalil was all, all of them, is Brian Jeffries. He's always there. He's, he's always there, he, flying from wherever to get back. Well, if you recall, he he that uh, that that year that the UVA played in the New Mexico Bowl, mm-hmm. he went and did that game, raced home, and then did the Florida Arizona game that basketball game that night. So would you, because you you know history going back mm-hmm. that far, and some people think that's the greatest day in Arizona sports history outside of a title. It was a great day, and that was so much fun. And uh, you know, I knew people who went to the the New Mexico Bowl, and I I did the basketball game that night. And I remember watching that game and thinking it, it looked bad for a really long time. Both games, yeah, it just looked bad for a long time. And then you know, to win both of those games, every, occasionally I'll go back on uh, on YouTube, and there's a somebody posted a I think is the U of A posted a video where they kind of mix the highlights of both oh. games coming together at the end. And uh, they, it's I still get goosebumps from that one. That was such a great day. Yeah, it was. It was. They came back in the New, against uh, New Mexico or Nevada. Who was it? It was, they, it was against Nevada. It was yeah. the New Mexico Bowl against Nevada and then they played Florida down here and Mark, Mark, and Ly- Mark, Lyons, Mark Lyons threw in a, a shot at the buzzer to win that game. Right, right. No, I remember that day very well because... Uh, well, it was one of the best sports days for Tucsonans because it was just a crazy, crazy day. Um, no, a lot of fun. We're going to do a lot of that. We're going to go reminiscing about a lot of things. Some of the guys you covered, some of the favorite uh, interviews you've had because you were right before I came here in 87. So you have you have this Sean Elliott experience. You have the Steve Kerr experiences, the Pete Williams because I, I was not here at that time. Right. I I. I you know, I started covering sports in 1985, and uh, I was the basketball writer for a couple of years. And then I was the football writer for a couple of years. Um, you know, covered the the Dick Tomey teams, and actually became a, a very good friend of Dick's to uh, all the way to the end. You know, we played baseball together in this town and did a lot of things. And um, so I, I feel like I know a lot of people, and I've known a lot of people over the years. I hope people don't get bored with the stories, but you know, we're gonna have a lot of stuff to talk about about what's going on now as well, because uh, you know, sports has been a big part of my life, and I'm 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 happy to have a chance to share that with everybody. Yeah, I will reminisce a lot. In fact, anybody who wants to call in and uh, say hello to Jay, that please do, 790-2040. You, you'll learn, as I learned, that you got to say the number a lot because uh, I don't say it often enough. Uh, but people are listening. They sometimes just don't call. Yeah, I, and we you know, would love to have people call in because I think we want to talk about what, what you want to talk about. Right. So we, we, we really want to have people uh, give us a shout. 
uh, again, between disagree if they disagree with us. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Look, I, I've got positions, and we're going to go into some of that. I've got some <laughs> some things that I want to. I want people to know where I stand on certain things, and then uh, we'll go from there. Uh, I think pe- some people will be surprised at who some of my favorite professional teams are, or the fact that I don't have some in some sports and those kinds of things. Right. But I want people to know where we're coming from when we're talking about stuff. Right, right. You want to take our first break, Tom? Let's do that right now. Here at six fourteen, come back and talk more about Jay's background and some of the teams that we'll love to hate here on 1030 The Voice. Hey, welcome back to Eye on the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm your host, Steve Rivera, along with my other co-host, uh, Jay Gonzalez. Jay, so uh, this kind of gets some background for you. You're, you're a, I know you're a big baseball guy. Uh, we, you'll talk about the team you love. You're a big f- football guy? Not so much, I don't think. More, more baseball than football? Um, when it comes to uh, just the sports that I love the most... College football is my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'll, I'll sit down and I'll, I'll watch uh, a bad college football and game. And the obvious team is? And, and, I'm, a, and I'm a huge Arizona fan. I, I bleed for that. I'm, I, I'm, it's so bad that I've, I've told myself I'm not going to go to a Rose Bowl until the <laughs> U of A goes to a Rose Bowl, and I haven't. And I'm running out of time, so we need to, we need to get there pretty soon. Well, you talked about it because your father. Tell me the story. About well, the, the story the story about my dad was so. If you recall, when uh, the U of A got into the Pac-10, actually Pac-12, it was the Pac-8, Pac-8 it became the Pac-10 when Arizona ASU got in in 1978. That was the first football season, and uh, when the announcement was made, I'm running. I remember I'm little, and well, I'm not that little. I guess I'm, I was in high school. Oh well, no, I was I was in college. But anyways. I was living at home, and I and I was telling my dad we're going to get to go to the Rose Bowl, and my dad, being my dad, um, who was a, a devout U of A football fan, but he said we're not we're never going to the Rose Bowl. And I'm like, why would you say that? So he actually said that he would pay for us to go to the first Rose Bowl, and we actually wrote a contract on a piece of notebook paper that he signed, and he said he would pay for myself and my brothers. I have three older brothers. And I have uh, two younger sisters, and I don't know that they even cared about that at the time. But anyways, he would pay for myself and my three brothers to go to the to go to the Rose Bowl, all expenses paid, and we made him sign it. We had that paper for a really long time, and you know, as everybody knows, we still haven't been there. And in fact, at at my dad's when my dad passed away, and at his funeral, I, I got up and gave the eulogy, and. Um, there were a lot of U of A people in the in the in the seats, and there were some former U of A football players who I'd been friends with uh, from playing on a on a city league baseball team, Chris Lopez, and a couple of others being the ones. And I don't remember if Dick was there, but uh, if Dick Tommy was there. But at, in, during the eulogy, I called them all out, <laughs> saying that my dad died before we got to the Rose Bowl, and I said we need to get on this. Uh-huh. And you know we're still not there now. I'm 60 years old, and I'm starting to think I'm running out of time. My older brother Rick is 70; he's definitely running out of time. So we, you know, we need to get there. We need to get there soon. That's funny. Who's paying it for it? it well, now we're going to have to pay for it. So, but you but know, let, okay. I don't really care. Let's yeah, just yeah. get there. Yeah, yeah. No question. Okay, so that's football. Uh, no pro No protein. You know, I, I I was a I was a huge Johnny Unitas fan as a kid. Now, probably Baltimore? half the population in this town doesn't know who Johnny Unitas is, and sure. I I don't even really know why. Um, I I just loved him. I I, I had a my brother painted a, a one of those football helmets that you get at the at uh, the the department store with the uniform, and I had the the Colts horseshoe painted on the helmet. I just love Johnny Unitas. I cried the day they lost to the New York Jets in the Super Bowl, uh, and then they won a Super. Bowl. Well, a couple of years later. And so I was just a huge Johnny Unitas fan. But really since then, 
since he retired, I've not really had a favorite uh, NFL team. Yeah, you're better off. Mondays are fine. Well, people ask me, so who's your favorite NFL team? Because I, I wear some gear. My my son is a, is a 49ers fan, and I've got a couple of 49ers t-shirts. Um, I got an Indianapolis Colts t-shirt from Sports Illustrated one time, and people have asked me, you know, are you a Colts fan or are you a 49ers fan? And I pretty much say I'm a fan of the team that I've bet on this weekend, yeah. and that's pretty much <laughs> true, it. True. Yeah, every team that you cover. Uh, so that's that's football. Uh, baseball? Baseball. Grew up a Dodger fan. Mm-hmm. If you grew up in Tucson, Arizona, uh, until the Diamondbacks came around, you were a Dodger fan. We because, got because we got the Dodgers on the radio. Proximity. Right. We got the Dodgers on the radio. We were in their, uh, in their territory. And so I can remember, you know, when I was five, six years old, listening to Dodger games at home, I went to Dodger Stadium the first time the summer I turned six years old. I got to see Sandy Koufax throw. Uh, so we were huge Dodger fans. I had some cousins that lived in Southern California. So every other summer we would go there and um, go catch a couple of games and mm-hmm. go to Disneyland and the whole bit. So I grew up a Dodger fan. I, I lost my mind for a while and became a Diamondbacks fan uh, when I was involved at uh, through my job at Tucson Electric. I was involved in the the naming rights of the of Tucson Electric Park, and so we had a, a relationship with them. And uh, I became a, a Diamondbacks. That was short lived. It was short lived, partly because um, you, you know they kind of abandoned us down here, yeah, yeah. and I've, I've kind of. You know, was unhappy about that. So tell me, because I didn't experience it. I was in high school at the time, I think. Uh, Fernando Mania. How was it in this town? Oh, madness. I I actually, the during spring training, his rookie year. So that was the, the year of 81. I was gonna it was 81. It was, it was the strike. Uh, it was the season where they uh-huh. had, had a strike in the middle of the year. I happened to be in Phoenix uh, on a, for, a, for a class that I had to take uh, at the U of A. It was a reporting class where I had to go to the legislature and uh, get a couple of stories. And I got there and I found out that the, the Dodgers were passing through on the way to L.A. And they played a spring training game on, on, a, on, a, on an evening game against the Giants, and then the next day they were playing against the Cubs. And I went to both games, and I got a baseball at the at the Cubs game. So, you know, I'm 21 years old, and uh, and I waited outside the locker room, and I got his autograph on that baseball. You used Unfo- to have it? Well, unfortunately, it was with a, just a, uh, it was with a bad pen, and the, the, the autograph kind of wore off. I kept the baseball. I had it for a long time, but over time, the autograph wore off. Oh, yeah. you got to give it to Francisco Romero. He'll find a way to get it. Because <laughs> you printed yeah. it again. Well, I don't even have it anymore because uh, the signature was gone. Right, right. But I did, I did, you know, I did get his autograph before it all started. Yeah, yeah. And I grew up in Santa Fe, so I'm assuming the Hispanic community here were went bonkers. It, it was huge. It was huge. Uh, another funny story behind that, um, there have been a, a, there were a few people who accused me of looking like him at, from kind time of. to time. And yeah, so kind of. one one time I was at, a, at an Arizona baseball game at the old Sunset Stadium and I had one of the one of the Dodger satin jackets. It was it was kind of a cold night. So mid 80s? Um yeah, probably. Okay. You know, and I so I I'd gone to the restroom and I had the jacket on and as I'm walking out I walk by two kids, probably 10 years old, and they're saying, that's him. I know it's him. It's him. It's him. Go ask him. It's him. I think it's him. And I kind of looked back to take a look at him, and they kept saying, it's him. It's him. And I just turned around and said, I'm not Fernando. And they were kind of disappointed. <laughs> I think they, they, they wanted me to be. Were they young Hispanic kids? Yeah, they were young Hispanic yeah, so kids. They thought, they, they, they thought they'd met Fernando Valenzuela, but, yeah, yeah. you know, I said, guys, sorry, I'm not. I'm not him. Yeah, yeah that's that's funny. It's a funny story. No, so the Dodgers and baseball, Dodgers, basketball? Never an NBA fan. No. 
No. Um, it, I, I, I follow it from the standpoint of knowing about it. Um, I've been watching The Last Dance uh, mm-hmm. that's been on ESPN these last couple of weekends with a lot of interest because, you know, I was around during the Michael Jordan era and I paid attention to that mm-hmm. enough to know that, I'm sorry, sorry to all the guys who have argued about this over the last couple I, of weeks. Yes. Nobody better than Michael Jordan, not LeBron, not Kobe, not anybody. He's the guy. Will always be the guy, and uh, and I'm sorry. That's that's one of my that's one of my positions I'm taking, and I'm sticking with it. I totally agree with you. I had a fortunate uh, chance to cover him on a couple of occasions. Now that you look back at the tape and how smooth he was, he was just it was just so effortless. Mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. was just so effortless, and he just did whatever he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. You know, people talk about the fact that well, he yeah, he won those six championships. But maybe some of the teams weren't as good as some of the teams that say a, a Steph Curry faces now, or or some. Something like that, but I'm sorry, he was going to beat whoever you put in front of him, and that's just the way it was. Right, no question. Once he got through the door, it was hard to shut it on him. A- exactly, yeah. exactly. So, but but again, so in, from an NBA standpoint, I, you know, I I watch some NBA. I watch a lot more of it now because I have to watch that yeah. to be able to have conversations with my kids. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you something. Uh, before that show was started, the dance was showing. Well, it's going to look bad on him because of how he is as a person. He, he's a he's a hard ass. Uh, but but. Don't you know in the people you covered, the winners who win are like that? Winners and coaches are like that. Yeah. Show me a coach who's just an all around total nice guy. They don't exist. 100% of the time, he's not going to win games. No. And I'm telling you, I love Dick Tomey. He was a good friend of mine. But I stood outside his locker room a couple of times and I heard some things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they, there's an intensity that, that somebody at that level has to have. Mm-hmm. And if they don't have it, they're not going to win. No, they have to have that. And if they have that, they have to have the second guy be the nice guy. Right. And, the, and But they have to channel it correctly. Dick, yeah. Yeah. again, Dick, I, I loved him to death. And Dick was a guy that, you know, he'd, he'd yell at you and then he'd put his arm around mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. And, and hug you. Other coaches don't do that. And those are the ones that go... Awry. I think I think you relate a story with your son when he was a kid, but did he yell at you a time or two? But I know your your son's story is a great story. You know, actually, Dick and I had a great relationship as you know when I was a reporter, partly because. You know, he just wanted somebody to be fair. Yeah, That's he all ripped, he asked anybody. He ripped me one time. All he asked was was to be fair. One of the funny one of the funny moments of that uh, that I'll I'll tell you again. Storytelling time, right? They had beaten Oregon in a in a really tough game. It was like a forty five thirty eight game or something like that. And so we're standing outside the locker room. The locker room opens up. We all raced to, to talk to him. He's gotten off his show, and one of the TV guys put a mar- microphone in front of him and said, and his question was. Not pretty, but a win's a win. Is that right, Coach? And Dick put his hand over the microphone and yelled at the guy and said, do you know how hard it is to win a football game? It is really hard. You have no idea how hard it is. And he took off the, He took his hand off the microphone. And he said, now let's start over. <laughs> so, the, so the reporter just said, Tell us what you think, Coach. And he went on and did a great interview, and you would never would have known he would have been. He was mad. Right, right, right. Uh, no, that, he got on me a couple. One time, one time, I flew with the team on the charter bu- flight all the time, and I reported something that I didn't know I was not supposed to. And he pulled me aside, like in one of those Monday conversations that ripped me a, a new one in front of people. And I'm thinking, oh man, I never seen him in this place. No, he actually one time he 
he expected me to rip him because uh, a, a player had gotten a, arrested after a football game and he had fired a gun at a Kip at Lewis a, or Kip, no, no, it Lewis. was a, it was Melvin Smith. Melvin Smith that's fired it. a gun that's at it. a uh, at a roller skating rink that he was hanging out at after a game and he got arrested. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I had to cover that. And you know, having been a police reporter and a courthouse reporter, I kind of knew how to cover those things. And I just covered it as an incident. And I Dick expected that I was going to write a story basically ripping the U of A for the fact that they had this kid on their team and yeah. that wasn't the story the story was a u of a football player got arrested for shooting a gun sure. at an incident and that was it and on monday morning uh when that story came out uh, and and i saw him at practice and he said you really went easy on me and i said coach there wasn't anything to go easy on all it was was an incident, an incident that yeah. had to be reported yeah i think it was 1988 because uh, i was covering the team right. back then right uh but you're right it was, it was the 88 89 time frame because mm -hmm. i those are the two teams that i covered let's take a quick break here on 10 30 the voice come back on the other side Hey, welcome back to Wine the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm Steve Rivera with my co-host Jay Gonzalez, Jay's first day. So you've covered a ton of games. Uh, did you cover Kindle? Yes, I did. Uh, I, co I covered I covered Jerry Kindle. I had the team that, uh, that uh, Trevor Hoffman, uh, J.T. Snow, um, uh, Lance Dixon, um, Alan Zinter, a bunch of pros. They won. Mm -hmm. They won what was then called the six pack back then. If you recall, uh, the pack the pack ten was divided in baseball, and they, they had what they had sixteen. It was called the Pac twelve Southern Division, but they would call it the Pac ten Southern Division. They called it the six pack. It was Cal and Stanford, UCLA, USC, Arizona, and ASU. And then the the the, the northern teams uh, were in a different league, and they I think they had Portland State and one other. Mm -hmm one other team to give them six teams but it was considered the the strongest league in the in the country at the time uh ASU and USC and and Stanford and and Arizona were winning national championships all over the place during right. that period of time so I, I did catch I did catch many, a couple uh, of teams how many so two years I did that two years the way the way it worked at the Arizona Daily Star if you were the football writer then you were the baseball writer because it, it was opposite right. season. Mm -hmm. So I did two years as the beat writer covering football. So those two years, I covered baseball. And I, I did cover that team. That uh, Scott Erickson was on that team, another major That's leaguer. That's like 1990 1989, I think yeah, it yeah. was. Um, and then they, they got into the uh, the regional, hosted a regional, and lost. Yeah. Got yeah. beat by Long Beach State. I remember that. I remember that. Okay, so Kendall loot oh, maybe two years. Uh, no, I had loot for well, I had loot for the two years, but then, even though I was the football writer, I was the backup basketball guy. So I would cover I would cover visiting locker room or whatever sidebar for home mm -hmm. games, mm -hmm. and then I covered them in the NCAA tournament. So really, the last the last college basketball game I covered as a as a as a writer was that awful game that they lost to Alabama in the second round of the NCAA tournament in Long Beach. In Long Beach. Yeah, Long Beach. Um, I did have... I did have the experience of covering that Loyola Marymount team that uh, that went crazy during. They that. were there. Yeah. I was there for that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I remember uh, when uh, when we were done writing and, and leaving the arena, I just walked back out on onto the floor at the arena. I said, "This is my last game" because I knew by yeah. at that time I was leaving sports. Yeah, no, no. I remember that. I was in Long Beach. Uh, Brian Williams. Uh, Brian Williams. Uh, Judd Bushler. Matt Mulebach. Uh, uh, Matt, uh, Matt Othick mm -hmm. were all on that. Was Matt? I think Matt yeah. Othick was a freshman on that. Team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they lost to Alabama. I remember that that weekend in Long Beach. Uh, that was a that was a terrible loss. Luke got mad at me after that one. <laughs> because why? <laughs> he didn't score any points. Well, he got mad at me because um, at the end. When, 
instead of going to the visiting locker room, they asked me to do a, a story on the on the seniors. So you were a sidebar guy. I was the sidebar oh, okay. guy. Um, John Wilner, who's who's in San Jose now, he was covering. He was the beat writer for the yeah. team, so he covered the game. And uh, Greg Hansen was there, and I uh, I was I was I was the other guy. And, and they didn't. They told me go do a story on the seniors. So I. Um, I went in there and not I, a good time. To it talk. was not a good time, but you know, Judd Bushler, I loved him to death. He was one of my favorite guys over there because, sure. you know, you could always talk to him and he was just always really honest with you. And so I walked in the locker room. I knew Judd was a captain, so I went straight for Judd, and I just said two words. I said, "What happened?" Yeah, yeah. And Judd kind of went off, and he basically said, "We weren't ready. We came out flat. I don't know why we weren't ready, but we weren't ready." Yeah. And I was like, how could you not be ready? Right, and right, how right. could you be flat for an NCAA tournament game? Right. And he was really at a loss. And it was hard to explain. And I, am, I interviewed Brian Williams during that, too. And they kind of both said the same thing. We, mm -hmm. just, we just came out not ready to play. Well, that's what I wrote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Luke got mad because he thought it made him look bad. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, it did make him look bad because how do you not get your team ready? Totally understand. And, and, and that was a, during a period of time where he would say, and he said it a lot of times, it's not up to me to get you motivated mm -hmm. for a game. Mm -hmm. And he's right. Yeah. But in that instance, he got mad at me for writing that. Yeah, well, he should have said that to the kids. <laughs> no, no, I get it. But at the end of the day, that happened a lot. Well, sure, yeah. sure. You know, and, and, and you know, we we had incredible access during that period of time. Mm -hmm. And so we got to report a lot of things that don't get reported now. Right. And and it's uh, it, it was it was an interesting time to do that. Uh, and, and we had, you know, we had that kind of access. So players said things mm -hmm. that in the end coaches might, not want them to say. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think I actually might have committed a couple NCAA violations. I I took Sean I took Sean Elliott out for pizza. Yeah, when right. I, when I did my uh, it was going it was going in, it was the '88 season, and it, we were uh, getting ready to go into the NCAA tournament, and I, I had to do the all you know season recap with Sean Elliott's story, and he invited me to his dorm. I went to his dorm. I asked if he was hungry. He said he was, and we went and got pizza. Yeah. You can't do that now. No, no. I, that was the good old days. Yeah. I did the same thing later on. Now it's you don't even know who, they, who their roommates are. You don't know yeah. anything about sure. any of them. Sure, I mean, people might be unhappy to hear that. You know, During that conversation, we, when we were in the car going to get the pizza, we started talking. He started talking to me personally because uh -huh. he was talking about going to the NBA right. after his junior year. Mm -hmm. He was a local kid and, and the whole bit. And he asked me what he thought I should do or what I thought he should do. Uh -huh. And I told him, I thought, I said, you got to go. I said, how do you not go? So you're going to be player <laughs> of the year. You got to go. I said, now, if your mom says you can't go, then you better not go. Right, right. But he said, well, what are the fans going to say? I said, who cares what the fans are going to say? Right. This is not about the fans. This is not about the media. This is not about, about anybody you. else but you. This yeah. is not even about coach. I, I called him coach to him. I called him lewd otherwise. But... I said, this is not even about Coach Olson. This is about you. So it's your decision, and I think you got to go. And uh, he, he ended up not going. Yeah. I was stunned when he didn't go. Well, Luke has this story that he took him to a game uh, when he was for the John Wooden Award yeah. blah, 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 and took him in, down, and he sat really close to the arena, to the bottom of the floor, and he says, look what you're going to have to be going against. Yeah. And, and he realized he was not yeah, ready and it, it, it may have been that. Plus, I know his mom wanted him to finish sure, school, sure. and that was a big deal. But, um, you know, so, again, that's the kind of access that we had back in that oh, yeah. in that time frame. Definitely the good old days. Definitely the good old days. Who was covering the team in the early 80s, mid-80s, uh, 
when when Pete Williams was here and they, they really came on the that, scene. That was a guy named Jim Ellslager. Oh, He's yeah, the yeah. guy that I replaced. Good guy. Yeah, he was a really good guy. Good writer. Real, he was a good writer, just kind of a very low-key guy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes in the newsroom he didn't say three words, you know, but he was a good writer and, and uh, you know, I got I got his position when the, when the time came. Um I had been in the sports department about a year. Mm-hmm. I did I did spring training. I covered the Toros. I covered the 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 golf tournament, and so I was kind of the guy who covered everything that wasn't U of A. And then um, I, I got the assignment, and mm-hmm. I got the assignment for the eighty six eighty seven season, which was uh, the year that uh, St- uh, Steve Kerr was on the sidelines with the injury. Mm-hmm. They didn't have him that year, uh, and uh, they they got into the NCAA tournament, got beat in the first round at McHale, and I covered that team. But then I covered the Final Four team. Yeah. So when you first got got that position with with Lou to covering the team, were you excited about it? Was it you know? Uh, I know when I took over the team and Dave Petrusco was between Dave and I, and none of us really wanted it because he had that reputation of I don't like the media. I was excited because it, it was. It, to me, I because it, it, it was about me. I had arrived as a sports writer in uh-huh. this town to cover know, the thing, to cover the thing, yeah. and 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 I, you know, I grew up in this town. I threw the newspaper. I was a morning paper boy. Uh-huh. You know, I'd get up at five o'clock in the morning and go throw the newspaper, uh-huh. and I read the newspaper. I read Bob Moran and I read Dave Adam and all these guys who came before me uh-huh. and who are still in the newsroom when I got there to work as a, as, a, as a reporter. So I was excited because I was. Covering yeah. the big time, as at least as it related Let to Arizona. Ask you, and we'll talk about this a lot as the season comes up with football. You've seen football emerge and not emerge and emerge and emerge, and basketball does what it does. Why isn't football as successful as it, maybe not as it should be, but just why isn't it to that level? I I think a big, a big part of it has to do with just the recruiting disadvantages that they have. They don't get, they can't churn the players that, the USC's and the Alabamas and everybody else—they're just not. They got to get lucky and get get players sure. and and uh, and and get guys that you know out of out of the weeds. And and it, that's just hard to do. That's let's just really let's hard assume to do. for a second. And I, I hate to assume, and I hate to do this. Let's assume they had someone Saban like Saban like or Meyer like. They're not going to be afford those guys. But if they had that, could Tucson be that place? I believe it could. I've you know. People say that we're a basketball town. I disagree. I, I, I know. We've talked about that. I, I completely disagree. We're a football town. We just haven't had a consistent, great football program here. Uh-huh. I think if we did, I think if Tucson did, that people would be all over the football. And and because that's that's the first love. And that's, what, that's what's been around the longest. Mm-hmm. And so I think this is a football town. I think if you got a coach like that that could win consistently, recruit consistently, like you know some of these SEC teams that are in these small towns, mm-hmm. but yet they get those players, and uh, it, it could happen. I, I just don't know if that's possible. It, 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 a lot of things would have to converge. It'd have to be the right coach, the right atmosphere, and you've got to get the players. And, and it's really that. I think it could happen. We got close a couple of times. You know, Dick had that 12-1 and one team. Mm-hmm. They had the Fiesta Bowl team in 93. It could happen. I don't know that Arizona will ever be consistently good. I'm just still really mad that we haven't gone to a Rose Bowl. Are you surprised that he wasn't able to sustain that? You know, because he had it. 
he had it, and then it just kind of went away. I never understood why it didn't happen. Uh, at that time, I was a believer in cycles. That you got right. you got mm-hmm. groups of players in cycles. You 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 got them. You were bad for a couple of years, and then they they matured and they became good teams. And that's how it seemed to work work with Dick. Um, I, I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, I, I mean, I recall after that twelve and one season, they really tried to up their recruiting and really went after a lot of guys. Got close and then didn't get them. Well, and that then Penn it State fell game apart. kind of that just killed the, that killed everything. That momentum that they had it was everyone was excited. The super uh, the SI cover. Right, that Penn State game killed everything. I, 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 I hated that day. I really did hated that day. I did not because that was a big game. We almost went. Yeah, we almost went. Um, we we thought about going as, but fan, it, as a fan. As a fan, yeah. We thought about going, but it was just going to be too hard to get there and get back. Yeah. And so we didn't go, uh, and we watched it here. We actually we had a large group of people went to a, a, my brother's house. We put it on a big screen with a pro, mm-hmm. with a projector so we could watch it big, mm-hmm. and we stopped watching it at halftime. It oh, was awful. Yeah, it was that was uh, who's linebacker for Penn State? A uh, 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 Lavar. Arrington. Arrington, that's right. God. That's right. I, I, I asked Dick about that one time. I said, I said, Dick, what, what happened that day? He said, <laughs> it was so funny, just dead pain. He said, they killed Keith Smith. They killed <laughs> Keith Smith. That's what happened. That's all. As soon as they killed him, it was over. Right. Because <laughs> right. remember, he got he got he got crushed early in the game on a play. And he said they, they killed Keith Smith and that was the ball game. The confidence went off. Let's take a quick break, our last break here before the next segment. Come back here an eye on the ball. Hey, welcome back to Eye on the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm Steve Rivera with my co-host Jay Gonzalez. Day one. We've got about 10 minutes left. So, Jay, uh, I know you're excited about the show. What do you kind of want to start to talk about? We're going we're gonna to reminisce about all this stuff that we just sure. did. But what are the things that you kind of really want to get to? Well, I mean, obviously, we've got all this stuff going on with what's going to happen with sports here in the next, in the next several months. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's obviously a, a, you know, a terrible situation that everybody's in. And, you know, well, we all want sports back. We've, we've also got to figure out how we're going to do that and make sure that everybody can, you know, can do it safely. People aren't being put in jeopardy for the sake of having sports. I mean, I, I want sports back as much as anybody. Right. And I, and I really do. But uh, I, I think that there's a, you know, we have to be careful. There's no really, really right answer. There isn't right now. And that's the thing. You know, people are in, in situations like this. People generally tend to be impatient. They right. want sure. answers. Sure. They want to know what's, you know, what's the answer. There isn't one yet. Uh, and it's funny because uh, I was uh, I was watching the Adia Barnes press conference this morning. And, you know, re- re- reporters were asking her, you know, what's going to happen? She goes, I have no idea what's going to happen. Right. And she doesn't. I mean, if there's anybody who's, you know, close to what's going on at, at McHale, she is. Right. And even she doesn't know what's going on. We just don't know. And at some point... We will know, but sure. we don't know now. And we, you know what? We may know tomorrow, but I doubt it. Right. But it may be a week. It may be two weeks, and it changes every day. And that's a, that's been that's been one of the issues that I think people that's hardest for people right now is what's happening, and people saying I don't know. Right, right. And the one thing I think we do know is when things do open up athletically, fans won't be allowed in. It's going to be slow. Mm-hmm. It's going to be slow. I mean, I, I like the fact that the that uh, the the PGA Tour is going to start playing because they can do that. Yeah, they can just go play with cameras and mm-hmm. and no fans, and that'll give us something to gamble on if we want to. You know, <laughs> but I, you know, I I just feel like. Uh, you know, people just want answers. Uncertainty is what bothers people more than anything, and and I, I think I've learned that through the years, whether mm-hmm. it's been in in business or as a writer or whatever. 
it's the uncertainty that kills people. And there's more uncertainty now than any of us probably have experienced in our entire lives. No question. Do you remember the week all this happened? Uh, the, like, I was doing the show with Tom, and, and I'm thinking, I can't believe it. This was like a Tuesday. I can't believe this day has come. And then Wednesday, it got worse. Yeah. I'm thinking, holy yeah. moly. You know, n- normally I would have been at the Pac-12 basketball tournament. That was that until week? I, until I got my gig at the Sugar Skulls. Um, I, I, you know, I couldn't go, but I was I worked the Pac-12 tournament ever since it started. Uh, they started playing it in Las Vegas. So I normally would have been there. Mm-hmm. And But, you know, I knew a lot of people who were there, and I was in contact with them with text messages and stuff. And it was surreal to see what was happening, mm-hmm. that they were having games, and they're not, well, we, we're going to have games, but we're not going to have fans. And then... And now we're not going to have games at all and and talking to people about what happened over there how did it actually come together right and and they were saying you know i i was just in my room and i got a text message and says there's no game and that's the last thing i heard right. and i left right it, it, it's it's really weird how that all came together right and you go to vegas every now and again that town is a deserted it's a ghost town it's to see the streets with no cars on them, no people mm-hmm. on them, all that kind of stuff. It's, you know, that it, it's funny because I, I remember when their rumors started to swirl that the NCAA tournament was going to get called. And I'm like, no, the it's way? not. Yeah. No, it's not. They, they, we're talking the NCAA tournament. They're going to figure out a way to play right, this. Right. If, whether they played in late April or May, they're going to figure out a way. And when it got called, right. I remember the first tweet I saw that said, it's getting called. I'm like, stop it. Yeah, and a, then it did, right? And then, it and then did. everything, then everything, hit. and then everything stopped, and it oh. all just stopped. That was, that was the weirdest thing. But that you know, look, there's still lots to talk about, and we'll have lots to sure, talk about. Sure. But you know, like everybody else, we want the games to start. That's you know, that's right. the most fun. Right now that you're here, and uh, we can talk about the game situations that are going on. The show is a lot about reminiscing, and we're still going to do that uh, with your connections and my connections to the past. So I'm looking forward to that because th- I just heard well your story about uh, about uh, Sean asking you about that. I had never heard that story. Yeah. Uh, and then him deciding to come well, back. Well, I haven't told that story to a lot of people because, like I said, I think that was an NCAA, NCAA <laughs> violation to buy him pizza that day. Just wouldn't have worn his. I did the same thing with Steve Kerr. I took him to Sausage Deli for one of the day that I that I spent a whole day interviewing yeah. him. Yeah. And again, it was the kind of access that we had. Well, back then, too, let me ask you, who was the better interview, Steve Kerr or Sean Elliott? Oh, Steve, Steve Kerr, Kerr by a lot. Yeah. By yeah, a lot. Right. He he was funny. I, I, I loved him to death. He We had such a great time. I, I, I picked him up at practice on a Saturday. He had this again you think about where he is now mm-hmm. he had this grungy bike it wasn't even a 10 speed it was just a bike and we threw it in the back of my car and i gave him and and i said i'll you know i'll, I'll take you home and we'll just go talk and we went to sausage jelly we got some sandwiches and then we went to his apartment yeah and i and he was rooming with bruce frazier and we sat there and it was it was it was uh, october so it was a saturday so we had football on and we just talked. Yeah. We just talked the whole day. It was really good old days. And, and uh, try that now. Try that. Oh, no. no it, just... it never happened. But, you know, I, I learned a lot about him. We talked about his dad and his family and and, and all the things. We talked about missing that season that, that, that he missed uh, and, and how much. This was before the season. So this was before we knew how good they were going to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think he knew. 87, 88. Yeah, it was the 87, 88 season. I think he knew. Now, he wasn't. He wasn't letting on because he didn't want to be sound like he was talking big. Yeah, yeah. but I think he knew. Yeah, well, he, he wouldn't know because they were practicing against each right. other every day, right. and they just loved beating the crap out of people. Oh, they did. 
They did. That was a team that would step on people's necks and not let and not let them up. Right, right. I, 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 I'm constantly, constantly having that argument with the next generation, my kid and all his buddies. And I say, sorry, guys, I don't care what you think of the 2001 team, the 2005 team, any of Sean Miller's teams, the 88 team would have kicked all of them. See, see, kicked, that, that, kicked here we go with our first, first argument. I think the 2001 team was fantastic. I love the 88 team because they were fa- they were good. But I think, I just think the 2001 team to me was the best team. Maybe I'm biased because I was there yeah, with them. Yeah, because you saw it. Uh, and, and 88, I was here, but I didn't cover it. Uh, but, you know, Gilbert and Jason and Luke and... and Lauren and Richard and Michael Wright, but hey, Steve Kerr, Kerr Elliott, Craig McMillan, Anthony Cook, who was the premier shot blocker in the country Tolbert. that year, Tom Tolbert, who was just a beast. I mean, he was a he was a six seven center who just moved people out of the way. Yeah, and and, and it was it was Tucson's first love, right? And you know what? And, and and the thing about those guys is that they loved each other so much. It yeah. was yeah. I mean, you we got to travel on the road with them. I mean, there were times when. My hotel room on the road was on the same floor as the yeah, team, uh-huh. and you could hear them. They were just having fun, right? And right. and and you you knew that something special was going on. Well, you recognize that pretty early on. Mm-hmm. No, you know you covered basketball or sports in general. If the team doesn't get along, it's not going to. No matter how talented, right? They are, they're just not going to. Uh, well, that's it. That's it. You know when when you're going into battle with on, on stuff like that. Yeah. You know you got you you have to want to do it for the other guys. And not a me me me. Let me exactly. see my stats stuff. And we've seen it kind of evolve that way. Yeah, you see it all the time. Especially now, I hate guys when they bring the uh, score sheet to the to the press conference <laughs> and they start They're looking, looking up their stats. Looking up their stats. I hate that because you know it's not about the team. Right, um, right, but it is what it is, and you've seen so many games. Uh, we'll talk more about your favorite interviews, favorite stories that you covered, that you wrote, uh, because you had a lot of them in the '80s, a few in the '90s, I think it was. And uh, compare notes because we competed against each other for a we year. We did or two. for a while, for a couple. For you know, we years. were on opposite sides covering football mm-hmm. and uh, and stuff like that. So there's, there's a I lot of stuff that. going on. I missed that. I don't know if you missed that because I miss one of the reasons I enjoyed doing what I was doing is I love competition. Right. No, and you know what? And, and and while while we were competing, we were going after the same stories and trying to beat beat each other up in the paper every day. I, you know, we still had good friendships there. We mm-hmm. were, fr- you know, we were all friends. Yeah, you know, we were yeah. all friends. But we didn't want to get beat. But dang, did I want to? Did I want to kick your butt on a story? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course, of course, because we were all doing this, trying the same thing or or whatever. But that's part of the nature of the business. Right. It was the nature of the business. Unfortunately, it's not the nature of the business anymore, but you know what? We 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 can still have a lot of fun with it and there's still a lot of stories to tell. And you know what? I I've got I've got so many I, I can hardly wait to let them all out, but I also want to talk about the issues yeah. of the day and we'll definitely be doing that. So this is your first hour. It goes by fast, doesn't it? It goes by really fast. Yeah. It goes by really fast, but I'm I'm loving it. I'm I'm ready to do it again. Great. Well, we'll see you Monday. I'll be here Monday. We'll have other Tom in the building. Thank you Tom uh, Senor. Thanks for being with us. Thank you, Tom. Well, gosh, thank you, guys. It was fun. I enjoyed listening. Great, great. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening here on Friday night. I will talk to you guys, Jay and I, on Monday. Have a great weekend.